It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm David Asman. I'm Janice Dean. I'm Jimmy Fallon. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, December 18th, 2023. I'm Evan Brown. The U.S. Navy is sending more assets to the Red Sea to counter attacks instigated by Yemen's band of rebels known as the Houthi. And while the White House says it has nothing to do with Israel's war against Hamas terrorists, there's every reason to believe the Houthi are following Iran's orders. Now we know they're targeting American ships. Um, That is something that only a group that understands its risk calculations very well would do. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Israel's war against Hamas in the Gaza Strip is entering its third month as more than 100 hostages are still in captivity, kidnapped on October the 7th from Israeli farming communes called Kibbutzim. And while that is ongoing, Iranian-aligned fighters, mostly based in Iraq, fire on U.S. troop positions in that country and in Syria. And in the Red Sea, drones and missiles from Yemen are targeting cargo vessels and the U.S. Navy. The U.S. retaliates by shooting down the rockets or the remote-controlled unmanned vehicles. But now a task force is deploying. But it's not the recognized government of Yemen that is doing this. It is a rebellion faction known as the Houthis, who now control part of that country and are known for terrorism normally against the Saudis next door, but they are part and parcel of Iran's terror machine. They are a a group inside of Yemen that has been receiving support from Iran uh, over at least the past 10 years, if not longer. Catherine Zimmerman is a fellow with the American Enterprise Institute specializing on the Middle East. Uh, they actually started as an opposition group with legitimate political and economic grievances against the then Yemeni government. Their big claim to fame was in 2014, seizing power and really jumpstarting the Yemeni civil war. Uh, so they are the group that has been fighting the Yemeni government and coalition and Saudi Arabia. So for those who've been familiar with the news, uh, the Saudi air campaign was targeting the Houthis in 2015. And afterward, uh, the Houthis have really maintained the control over most of northwestern Yemen since they seized it in 2015. And how have they been able to maintain that control? I, I think they're always referred to as Houthi rebels. And I think that might give the image of being rather ragtag and haphazard, but that's not really the case at all with them. They are they can be at times very well organized and certainly funded and coordinated through the the granddaddy, the the godfather, if you will, of 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 uh, uh, jihadism in the Middle East, and that is Iran, and and often functioning as one of Iran's proxies, sort of doing their bidding. Um, so, how have they been able to maintain that kind of control and that presence where? 
they've become a force to deal with with regard to the um, with regard to shipping, international shipping. The Houthis have benefited, as you noted, from their relationship with Iran. So um, when they first started, they certainly were a ragtag group of rebels. They were in the mountains in northern Yemen, had very little training, very little arms, and were basically relying on the ability to win as insurgents rather than because it's it's easier to win as an insurgent. You just don't lose. Right. Uh, but you know, in 2014, when everything changed, uh, the Houthis began to reform and and they're not a ragtag group. They're sitting on top of the government. They run it uh, precisely. They've had training from Lebanese Hezbollah through Iran. And then the IRGC Quds Force has been on the ground inside of Yemen, providing them both military training, but also the strategic, political, diplomatic advice that has allowed them to function almost as a state. And that's really their aim is they, they claim to be the Yemeni government. They want to be recognized as the state, and they've begun to act like one. Since the uh, the war in uh, Israel and uh, with Hamas has broken out, uh, the Houthis have kind of stepped up their game a bit, probably at the insistence or urging uh, and funding, of course, by the Iranians, um, where they are attacking uh, commercial shipping, uh, and uh, they have been attacking military craft as well. And the U.S., uh, their response, perhaps the U.S. response has not been the most of forceful, but uh, but now the U.S. is, I think, is kind of being forced to at least deal with the problem a bit more, that, that these are coordinated attacks against U.S. naval vessels and other U.S. interests, international interests, and there needs to be a response. So there, there looks like there there is the formulation of a response. But what what has the U.S. government been doing uh, these past, you know, let's say, two months? With regard to the Houthis, the U.S. government has worked closely with its partners in Saudi Arabia, in Oman and the UAE, uh, as well as, of course, with Israel to try to find a way to contain and separate the the war in Gaza from this escalation in the Red Sea. Right. And what they've done is really to message to the Houthis and try to tell them to stop it. Uh, you know, it, it's been a threat of stop it or else. Uh, but there's been no real uh, effort from the United States to lay out what the possible implications for Houthi attacks would look like. Um, to date, we've just been absorbing the, the attacks, deploying additional forces into the Middle East, including um, we've got a couple of destroyers now in the Red Sea to defend the commercial shipping. Um, it's much more of a defensive game than an offensive game. Sending a couple of naval destroyers, is that really enough? I mean, we have a, a still, I believe, a pretty large navy. I, there's always talk that China's navy will eclipse ours, but I, I believe ours is still pretty large and pretty powerful. Do we? Would we need more? I mean, uh, I, I would imagine the Houthis don't have as much firepower as we do. So sh should we be pursuing more firepower, I guess is the big question. The, the, the bigger challenge here is that the United States has wanted to move its military assets away from the Middle East. Right. Uh, if you've been paying attention at all, right, it's been to get the military to focus on the Asia Pacific theater. And with the outbreak of war, we all of a sudden have two aircraft carrier groups back in the Middle East uh, defending our own troops. Um, they they do have enough firepower to defend. So the U.S. Navy posted a tweet right after the, the Navy-Army game saying 22-0 USS Kearney versus the Houthis, right, talking about all of the drones that the Kearney has shot down 
you can add another 14 to that number from this Saturday. Right. Um, the challenge is it's just responsive, right? It's shooting things down from the sky. We don't actually have a good assessment of what the Houthis have stashed away in the country. We've been interdicting shipments for the past eight plus years that are showing uh, the, that Iran has really moved weapons and munitions and drones into Yemen. Uh, and what's also evident from the shipment is that it's just the tip of the iceberg that we're seeing, uh, which means that there are significant caches inside of the country. We are speaking with Catherine Zimmerman. She's a fellow with the American Enterprise Institute on the U.S. increasing its military posture in the Red Sea in response to attacks by Houthi rebels of Yemen against shipping interests as well as the U.S. Navy. On the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition, we'll have more straight ahead. Them being able to amass this kind of cash almost feels like... uh, we weren't paying attention. I, I mean, there's a, a constant struggle about our role in the world. Are we the world's police force? Are we not? Or, you know, is do we need to be defending uh, foreign nations as much as we do? Uh, the idea of ending foreign wars is quite popular these days. But uh, we have allowed a hostile group or nation to amass a weapons cache that's quite formidable. It's It's interrupting or threatening uh, commerce in a, in a very precar- you know, precarious part of the planet. Um, did we misstep here? I mean, I, I mean it, it, from, from your perspective anyway, that's hard to, I, mean, I realize it's a hard question to answer, but um, could, could we have done more to prevent this, th- this position that we're in now? As you know, hindsight is 2020, right. um, but yes, the, the kind of options for the United States when all of this kicked off, even before the outbreak of Yemenis of the Yemen civil war were much greater, right? We bought into a process in the Arab Spring that set us up for the civil war conflict. And you can kind of trace this all the way back. Um, but if you were just to look at the arms shipments that were going from Iran to Yemen for the Houthis, uh, there were additional options for the United States. And um, we were focusing on interdicting the smuggling. And of course, it's difficult. Uh, anyone who has been in that part of the region knows that the body of water is covered with small fishing dhows, so small boats uh, that the Iranians then loaded some of them with weapons, which meant that even with the military assets the U.S. and our partners had in the region, finding the right weapon finding the right boat, stopping it on open water. I mean, it's nearly impossible. I think more importantly, though, the United States really only understood what was happening with the Houthis with regard to the Yemen conflict and the Iran-Saudi conflict. Uh, What we had missed was the introduction of these longer-range weapons, the battlefield testing of Iranian drones and ballistic missiles, and noting that the drones then showed up in Ukraine with the Russian military, um, and really de-emphasized the strategic changes in the security dynamics in the Middle East that Iran was pushing here. It it seems that... um... Iran might have been more prepared than we thought to to carry out a longer uh, fight here. That Iran is is certainly somehow in support of, or in, or to some way has supported, or, or is behind Hamas's actions that led to this. But but certainly they've capitalized on it. There have been attacks on U.S. troops, as as you've mentioned. There's attacks on U.S. Uh, commercial interests in the Red Sea, which are in the interests of our 
of our allies in the Middle East, whether it's Israel, whether it's Saudi Arabia, whether it's the UAE. So everyone kind of now has been sort of drawn in. It almost feels like a, a small time regional conflict with the fear that it's going to get larger. Um, d- does it get larger or how do we how do we stave that off? Because, again, we have a couple of destroyers. They can take out some drones here and there, but that doesn't seem to be a definitive military goal to keep knocking drones out of the sky. That's the million dollar question. And it's the one interest that the United States shares with both Israel, Iran and other actors, which is to contain this conflict and prevent it from actually escalating into this regional war um, because of what it would do for global security. What we do about it is still not clear. It's, It's very clear that what decisions the United States have made to date have not prevented the escalation, have actually emboldened the Houthis to continue to push forward, uh, where a couple of weeks ago it was questionable whether the drones being fired near the U.S. destroyers were actually being fired at the ship or at a nearby commercial tanker. Now we know they're targeting American ships. Um, That is something that only a group that understands its risk calculations very well would do. Um, So how do we get out of this mess? Um, One, we need to ensure that the Iranian-backed axis of resistance, this this is the collection of groups that you've mentioned, Lebanese Hezbollah, the Houthis, Hamas, the groups in Iraq that have been shooting at American bases in Syria and Iraq, All of those groups need to understand that the United States and its partners are going to be the security guarantor, that we're not looking for a shift in the balance of power in the region, and that this type of activity is simply not acceptable. Uh, The narrative that they've spun that this is the United States escalating the conflict when it's just been reactionary from uh, the American military and, frankly, from the Israeli military as well, uh, is is interesting because it's really turned the tide of public opinion away from the U.S. enforcing uh, typical and traditional points uh, for the United States, such as freedom of navigation on the seas, free commerce, right? We're looking mm-hmm. at um, ships that are rerouting around the Cape of Africa, uh, which is 40% longer than yeah. going through the Suez Canal. And that's, I mean, that is... Noteworthy. I mean, to take on the extra expense and time to go around the the edge of Africa to to avoid this one part of the uh, of the planet, which would make things easier. I mean, that's that goes to show how dangerous of a situation we're in, I think. It certainly does. And if you remember the evergreen crisis during the the COVID pandemic, where we had uh, the ship blocking the Suez and what happened to commercial trade, this is that but on fire. These are intentional decisions by uh, the commercial ships to send their their cargo much longer routes uh, to avoid the escalation. It's going to drive up costs and cause delays in delivery. Catherine Zimmerman, fellow with the American Enterprise Institute. Thank you so much for being with us on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. 
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.